0: Hmm?
1: Ah. Huh.
2: Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Bake. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show You.
3: Today we are covering episodes five and six of season three titled Into the Woods and Womb. Boom, Ooh.
2: That's a good Women base.
3: optimizing motherhood and business. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's what that was. Yes,
2: <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on that. Um, how are we doing this week? How are we feeling? How are you?
3: Pretty good. I uh, good. Good. <laughs> it, it just in general, or about the episode? <laughs> <laughs> just <No. laughs> in general, because I care, Pake. I care good, about you in yeah.
2: your life, and I want to check in and make sure all's all's well.
3: It's been good. And yes, good. the episodes were good too. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked them. Of course, this show, it just, it knows how to frustrate me mm-hmm. to the point. I'm like, why the fuck do I even watch this show? But then like bring you right back in immediately after it's like, oh my God, but I have to know what happens next. Cause it's just like with the things that Joe and love even are doing where you're just like, Ugh, you never learn. And it's just a cycle. And oh my God, why? Why? Patterns. There's a no point rooting for you. But then you're like, that's what this is about. And then some thing happens and you're like, oh, God, but I got to know what happens because of that. So, man, it's I good know. doing that. <laughs> they it purposely is. frustrate you. Uh-
2: <laughs> they do. And it's fun. It's so fun to watch the hijinks that these two. And I feel like with how they left this, um, the second episode that we're going to cover, Womb, uh, how they left this one, I thought, oh, yeah, this is not going to go well you know at all for those two um yeah yeah some interesting um things happening some fun cameos and appearances and i'm sure we're going to talk about um but you know one thing that interested me about the episode you know we get a, a time jump and you know, we don't to talk too much about it in case it's it's one of your points. Um, but I just want to kind of call it out that it was kind of interesting to have this time jump because it felt kind of a sudden shift for me. I I felt anyway that in the first half of the show we're getting this uh, commonality between Joe and Love. They've got this um, understanding. There's this whole oh we've worked everything out and we're meant for each other you know we're soulmates to now i'm bored and i hate my life you know (laughs) and i'm like wow what what happened but i guess it's only
3: like what six months is really all it's been yeah six months
2: (laughs) it was a six month time jump so yeah i guess that can kind of make sense if if you factor that it's just because we didn't see it we didn't see the six months play out and how they went from there to that but it, it does still feel like a short amount of time for them to 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 you know go so quickly in the other direction.
1: Yeah. Um
2: so so yeah that was interesting and I I think it probably helped a little bit because it kind of helped kind of settle some of the things um uh and and you know with what happened with Natalie and things like that to kind of settle in the community and see how things have changed since yeah. then. So some really fun things I think to talk about this week. Um so with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and, and start talking about our top five points. What is your number five?
3: All right. I figured I'd start with something that I've kind of like little like like mentioned or hinted at in the last few episodes. But making an actual little point about it this time is young Joe, uh, which played by I, I looked it up. Uh, yeah, Jack Fisher is the name of the kid. Mm. And because I, I noticed, you know, the past couple of weeks I've mentioned like, you know, a different you know casting
1: mm-hmm. and
3: me still wondering like and I, I do I still think it was like the fact that they changed the the kid playing him which I mean a- kid actors change a lot anyway that's just kind of how it goes yeah but I, I felt like it was a purposeful move to to give this to somebody to a kid who's you know maybe uh, able to do some more meatier substance or could like really get into some darker stuff Ugh, dark indeed yeah, yeah. And so I think that's really starting to pay off this week. I think I was right in that assumption, maybe. Uh, and so I'm just still very intrigued. Again, it's very small doses. We just get it like kind of sprinkled in a few times throughout, you know, the episodes, and it's just enough to kind of build a semblance of like, an you know, why is Joe doing this exactly in this moment, and then yeah. whisked right back to present day. So they're, it's a very slow burn on what they're doing with that story, but I'm I'm intrigued by it course, we get this moment. He's like fantasizing about pushing the bully down the stairs. He doesn't do it, and then he's like, "Oh, because I, I was, you know, I'm a chicken. I'm a coward. I, I couldn't." But then Fiona, Nurse Fiona, is talking to her. She's like she really wouldn't have blamed him for for wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. But you know, and then she kind of confides in him that she was picked on as a kid, and they have this commonality. And it's it it's the cycle of Joe, even as a kid, where we're seeing like
0: he's yes. finding this
3: commonality and broken damaged people and he just kind of builds this connection and right now at this age and where he's at it's it's more innocent for sure yes like his it's not like this deep level of obsession but you can already see him definitely connecting to where I mean I don't know how common it is in a situation like this for a kid to be going to like the nurse's office to sit and have lunch with her and read books every day and be away from all the other kids but for where he's at and his age in that situation, like that is a pretty close relationship with somebody that you maybe wouldn't expect. And he is kind of attached himself there.
2: Yeah. Well, it's definitely, I think like the foundation of, of who Joe is and what he does in in today. So I think it, you know, and, and that has to be why we're seeing this. I mean, I feel like we are getting that insight and kind of understanding, you know, um, why joe does the things that he does or how, why he behaves the way that he does so I, i'm guessing that's the reason but i think there's more to it and i i think mm-hmm. there's more to to unfold but but yeah i think we're definitely seeing the building blocks there For even sure. though it's, it's I mean, more in an innocent way because he is just a child
3: yeah but he's he sees the bruises and marks and stuff on her arms mm-hmm. and i mean we've seen from last season Everything he went through with his own mother, he knows the signs of abuse and, a, you know, yeah. bad relationship. And he accepts to a degree, you know, her kind of writing it off. You know, if you look up Klutz in the dictionary, you'll find a picture of me. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, he doesn't buy that at all. But he totally just lets her kind of have her thing. But it's when he walks in and her boyfriend or whatever is there with her. And... You, he sees like those little things because he picked up with his mom all the time when the guy goes in and kisses her on the cheek and the way she just slightly pulls away from him. He sees these things and yeah. then he straight up when he leaves, he calls her out on the situation right away. You know, oh, yeah, I bet he, he hurts you. And then he says that he loves you and promises it won't happen again. It brings you flowers. But which, yeah, that's got to be kind of jarring coming from like a 12 year old <laughs> Um so she makes him leave because it's un- un- uncomfortable for her, but I think that's going to sting him for a while because here he is putting himself out there, finding this common ground and being like, "I get it, I've seen it," and for her to be like, "Oh, you should go, you should, we don't, I, I don't want to sit with you today," but you know,
1: mm-hmm.
3: it's going to build this kind of—I don't know if resentment's the right word—but that is kind of what it is, is where he's going to be like, "Well, she needs somebody to take care of her, and she's in a bad situation, and here I am trying to, you know, offer a- an olive branch, and she pushes me away." But maybe what she she just really needs. I could see it starting this kind of spiral for him.
2: For sure. And I think Joe, you know, this pattern that he's picked up is, you know, wanting to save these women or he thinks that he needs to save them. They, Mm -hmm. I don't know, in all cases need to be saved. But, you know, he sees it, you know, sets it upon himself to save them. And then they reject him or, you know, push him away, you know, saying that they don't want or need his help. Um, I'm I'm curious to see how it's going to play out with this nurse, Yeah, you know, um, after she has said that, like, oh, go eat lunch with the other boys. Because, you know, he, he has built this relationship with her. Um, she has looked out for him. She's, you know, related to him on his level. Like, you know, oh, hey, I was picked on you know i wouldn't blame you you know if if you fought back against the bullies you know yeah um and you know tried to just kind of get to him on his own level and then for her to like reject him you know um it doesn't usually end well when we see that happen to joe as an adult so i i yeah. don't know if anything will happen or if if he'll do something to this nurse but i i don't know I feel this really creepy tone from the nurse, to be honest. There were a few scenes with her I've, that it felt a little like grooming behavior towards Joe. It I've creeped seen me some out.
3: similar thoughts online. You know, there's places I can, I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, you know, I mean, I can say what I mean, like with the like, TV time app and things that, like are, are Reddit that are very episode by episode specifics mm-hmm. where there's not supposed to be spoilers or anything in there. And so I do check up on that stuff whenever we cover these kind of shows, and I've seen some people have that kind of thought, but I personally I don't see it. Um, I wouldn't. I I I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility for this show, especially. But but I don't know. I I, I feel like she's probably just somebody who needs a kind of an escape from whatever's going on as well. It's and she possible. Really, and ju- this is just a sweet, innocent person that she can. Feel some kind of safety and semblance of connection with, and I think it could be completely innocent. So I've I've seen people have that thought, but I mean, you know, I feel like you know, an ad- ad- adult sees a kid in a lot of uh, a rough situation like this. Like it, it, it's not always a bad thing to reach out and try to to form no. a connection. So it's N- yeah, no, I, I don't know, I don't,
2: yeah. and I don't think all I I don't think it's necessarily going that way but i know there were a couple of things that she was saying to him or the tone that she was using just in a couple Mm -hmm. of scenes was kind of like oh i don't really like that i just i'm not super comfortable with that um but i don't think i don't really think that's completely where it's headed it could just be because she was trying to relate to him on on a certain level and um because they did share some of the same experiences. So, you know, yeah. it could just be that. And I think that she, I think she's intentionally trying to be good. I don't mm-hmm. think it's going down a bad route. It just, it felt a, a few phrases that she used um, just eked me out just a little bit. So, you yeah. know, hopefully it doesn't go that way, but it was just kind of like, uh, did yeah, you? I would hope
3: not. But, you know, but I get like, I will admit, yeah, like like her wording or something. About like if I was to adopt it, be an older kid because of uh, because of you know you know who they are, and then there's this level. It's like I could see how that can be.
2: Yeah, that is
3: a little different, or a, little, me a little strange. A little. I could see, yeah, yeah. Just, but personally, I I don't view it that way. I think I think it's innocent. I hope Could be I hope wrong. I so. hope I'm not. but
2: <laughs> I totally, like I said, I don't think it's going that way. But there were just mm-hmm. that particular phrase and, you know, I was just like, I don't really like that. It just doesn't mm-hmm. sit well with me. But I don't think that it's going that way necessarily. Just. Yeah. Uh. Um. But yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting, though, to see how this interaction ends up. Where it goes from yeah. here and well, how Joe and, reacts. And, and,
3: I mean, we see a lot of these flashback stuff through Joe's, you know, perception. So maybe if those things are kind of in there to notice or wonder, that could have just been Joe's. I mean, I, I could imagine at this age that Joe is at there. It's not out of the realm of possibility that he's forming some kind of feelings or romantic bonds. And so maybe he's reading between the lines on things that she's saying or doing when it's not there because that's something he definitely does. Oh, totally, totally. Like, are you flirting as, with
2: me? <laughs> you know,
3: So <laughs> I could see it toward Joe maybe ends up thinking that's what's going on and whenever he tries to act on that or confront her about that, that's when things really go up in flames when she realizes like, oh, we, th- you've had the wrong idea this whole time. I, that's not good. That's inappropriate. I would never do that and then I could see that really setting him off too.
2: Absolutely. and And maybe that's where maybe if I'm picking up on something like that it could be because this is like Joe's perception yeah Maybe uh, I mean it's not uncommon for young boys because he's what twelve I think here in these flashbacks. Yeah, you know it's not uncommon for boys to have crushes on their teachers or you know adult females in their lives. You know, um, in in some type of um, like babysitters, you know things like that. It's not uncommon. So, you know, maybe that we're seeing this from like Joe's perspective. You know, um, maybe this is something he's picked up early on. I mean, it's it's. Pretty common we see it today, you know, where he thinks, you know, oh, what are you doing to me? Oh, are you flirting right. with me? And it's like, dude, she is not. I, I literally doing-
3: asked for your name on your Starbucks order. I don't. <laughs> yeah, like
2: it's not <laughs> at, at, at all. What are you thinking? So it could be his perception of, right? You know, oh, he's maybe crushing on her a little bit because she is able to relate to him. She she gets him on a level that no one else has. Um, and he's interpreting it that way. So maybe that's yeah. why I'm kind of picking up on that vibe because maybe that's how Joe is kind of taking it. Like, oh, she's into me, you know, which right. is, you know, <laughs> which is weird because, yeah, she is an adult and he is a child. But like I said, not uncommon for, for young boys to
3: uh, have <laughs> that's crushes. how their brain works. I was one once. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: mean, you know, um, girls have crushes on, on, you know, um, Older guys, too, you know, mm-hmm. it, it it's just, I think, kind of natural, as long as it's not acted upon. But, you know, it's right. kind of crushes are a natural part of, of life. Um, but yeah, so maybe it's Joe's perspective that's, you know, given me those weird, weird vibes. Um, but yeah, I I think that these flashbacks are are important, especially like, and I don't want to go too deep into it, because I know it's kind of one of my points, but like some of the, the therapy that's happening, you know, yeah. in these episodes. And it's kind of breaking down a little bit, of, you know, um, more about Joe and his past and yes. kind of gives a little insight into who he is and why he is the way he is. So good number five. Um, Well, my number five, I want to talk about uh, one of the title episodes uh, here, Into the Woods. I want to talk about this retreat experience yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know um i just want to throw this out there was anyone else and i'll ask you pig since we're actually talking but for anyone else listening um anyone else think that this retreat into the woods was going to end up into some like swingers action or some ki- some type of
3: i will read to you word for word one of my notes <laughs> okay it says The Conrads are the new best friends of the family, and Joe is super thrilled. Sarcasm. Mm -hmm. Now he gets to be dragged along on a super manly hunting trip that kind of sounds like a secret orgy when Carrie talks about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yes,
2: Um. picking up some vibes here. I can't help. I feel like they're putting that out there on purpose just to like mess with us Um, because there's just like. Oh, when Carrie grabs Joe there at the end, like, you are a fine specimen of a man, Joe. (laughs) And then he he, he pulls him close. And I'm like, he's going to kiss him. It's going to finally happen. Nope. He's just hugging him and... Let, uh, letting it out man just letting it out but they keep throwing that stuff out there and i'm like come on there's so much homo homoerotic tension
3: oh i know so you get to go like, out there and recharge our masculine batteries if you know what i mean no i don't know what you mean <laughs> we get to go out there and all of our inhibitions aside and just do what we want to do it's like you want to fuck your friends, Carrie. We get it. Um, just say that. No. It's, it's all right, man. It's fine, it's, man. It's, be you. It's, be true. Um. Yeah. Live your truth. I'm
2: fine with it. Um, no no reason to beat around the bush about it. Just say it. But yeah, I'm like, what's going to happen out here in the woods? It's it's finally going to happen. Because I feel like we've had some of this tension building up, you know, with, right. with these interactions uh, with, with the males in the show. And I'm like, oh, this, I mean, this since, is, like,
3: what, like, episode one, that's what Carrie's wanted, is for Joe to in, enjoy the meat. Enjoy the that's meat. what he said, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, so let's do that. But no, they, that's not what this was about. It was definitely uh, kind of what they were talking about, I guess, kind of getting in touch with your inner self and just kind of, yeah, re- releasing all of that. It, but it also had, like, a really weird kind of fight club vibe,
3: you know? Um, yeah, it sounded, one. You know, as Carrie's building up, and then when we see Joe finally out there, and it's him and I uh, can't remember the guy's name. Uh, I don't like,
2: remember the other guy's just Carrie, Kiki's yeah, husband.
3: Uh, <laughs> I can remember her name, the the his wife that we've literally seen probably once the entire season, but I can't think of his name. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, when it's just the two of them, like kind of hiking through and this stuff, I was like, this sounds cultier and cultier as this guy's just like, it's it's life changing. My I owe my whole marriage to it, and blah blah blah. I'm like. What is Joe getting into? Um, yeah, I was like, <laughs> we owe our marriage to it because even like Andrew and Jackson are saying the same things. Like, are, do you have to say that? Are we being indoctrinated? What's going on?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, and like, oh yeah, dude, you're gonna cry. Like, I, you know, I, I, I cried, you know, and it's like, okay, that's good. That's that's totally fine. But, um, yeah, it, it sounded a little culty. It sounded a little like Fight Club. Had some Fight Club vibes, and definitely thought there was gonna be a. a, a a nice big male orgy and it let me down <laughs> honestly i'm kind of sad it didn't happen yeah. <laughs> um but it was kind of you know interesting and and fun to see like joe squirm at the idea of of going to this retreat you know they had their little therapy session there in the beginning and you know oh things are just great well not great right because we do find out that they're really bored with each other they've settled into suburbia and they're a yeah. boring uh, suburban uh, married couple and the therapist wants joe to get friends and you know what she's not wrong about you know uh not one just one person can like fulfill all needs of the other right. you know and that's totally true that puts a lot of pressure on that person you know to be that everything for someone um so she's not wrong But he's totally freaked out at the thought of, like, who the hell in this town can he be friends with, right? Um, Not a lot of great, awesome people, at least from what we had seen, uh, to be friends with. And, of course, you know, in this particular uh, idea of going out into the woods with a bunch of uh, men, and then, like, someone like Carrie, who's kind of aggro, you know, uh, about things, um, this, I think, definitely kind of brings out Joe's deep suspicion of other men when like when they run in packs and you know this comes from his upbringing that we keep getting this uh these flashbacks to is this frustration that he's experiencing that's really pent up and really affecting his life I mean the dude, poor guy can't keep wind in his sails you know mm-hmm. um and he's unable to perform um and so he's lost a lot of himself in I don't know if it's this life, if it's his unhappiness or exactly just exactly where that's rooted. But he, we know he's suffering from a lot of frustration. He is unhappy. Um, and the thought of going out into the woods with just a bunch of men, you know, I think really brings back his whole bullying situation uh, from when he was a kid. Um, and And I think that it's you know kind of unexpected when joe did break down into tears it was interesting you know after all of that happened when him and carrie kind of get into their fight and good lord <laughs> i thought oh god another dead body right
3: <laughs> so which joe was already thinking like <laughs> about killing him anyway and he's like no i can't do that and i love that it's funny he goes as much as he deserves it and i was thinking but does he what really th- like? He hasn't actually done anything. What but has Joe's he done? Yeah, really heavily considering murdering him just because of his obnoxious machismo. Like that's what it is.
2: Uh, I mean, Carrie's definitely a little over the top.
3: <laughs> I because I, he's like yelling yeah. at Joe, calling him a pussy, stripping down, running off, and murdering CGI squirrels, challenging him into a woodland circle fight club, like punching him in the face. Like I could see him getting frustrated, but for him to be like. I might just have to kill him. And like him really considering it for a second. I was like, okay, let's circle back to that. Think about what you're thinking.
2: Breathe. Take a moment. (laughs) I wasn't thrilled with the, with the squirrel killing. I thought, come on, Mm -hmm. Carrie, there was no need for that. I am so over watching animals having to die in TV shows. Uh, Even when I think it's not going to happen in a show like you, there is, it's going (laughs) to happen. Um, but but yeah, we, we, we saw Joe break down. He finally feels like he has been seen. You know, that, like he said, they have seen the darkness, and they've accepted me. And uh, he's completely overwhelmed with the thought of that. Um, because with the bullies, he wasn't. He was a freak, and he was picked on. And you know, never really accepted for who he was. And of course, they don't really know who Joe really is. Um, but he feels anyway, and actually broke down, and it, he seemed to be, be the better for it. So um, definitely an uh, interesting experience, I think, um, that he got from that. Came home with a couple of crossbows, his and hers <laughs> crossbows. Those are going to be seen again, right? I mean.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, for some things like love has no need. For that, like, I don't see her getting out in the woods and going hunting. No, but she she could probably definitely find a different use for it. I am sure. I
2: feel like we're definitely going to see one <laughs> or both of the crossbows used by one or both uh, Joe and Love uh, by mm-hmm. the time the series is over. Um, yeah. But yeah, quite an interesting experience. Good to see Joe do something and getting out of his element, getting out of his comfort zone, and it really seemed to put um, well, I guess the wind back in his sails because him and Love were yeah. able to finally do the deed and finish it out um, so that was good but um but yeah thought there for a little bit we might have another dead body on our hands i thought are you
3: kidding we yeah. just <laughs> we just moved on from from Gill and natalie yes to we just
2: it's gonna be a dead body every episode but anyway <laughs> um so I, I i don't know interesting experience a little disappointed mm-hmm. that we didn't get uh, any of that action but you know maybe we'll get it by the end of the season right <laughs> anyway uh what is your number four
3: um that was actually one of my points as well so oh, i cool. will take that and i'll see if there's a couple extra little notes that i had on it uh of course yeah this joe kind of another worry he had is them always talking about like we're gonna let our inner beast out and we're gonna and he's like you guys don't want that because um, i like how again the guy i can't remember his name but that that quote where he was just like well yeah it's easy to say when your beast when your inner beast is a persian kitten um <laughs> big difference this is funny yeah, It's like because his is a little more uh violent than that uh but yeah carrie taking everything so seriously throwing his sandwich away and all of that uh which i'm glad that jackson was the guy that was there that calls out carrie's like annoying abbreviation thing that he does oh, and then <laughs> the
2: lanch at, at lanch in ho and ho I'm like, I'm He's so like, glad you I was like, I feel like I got avalanche. I wasn't sure what ho was. I'm like, oh, okay, so right. ho that, okay, duh. But,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. It's not quite this my circle. So. This is your Manjaro. Kill a Manjaro. Just, <laughs> is it, you cannot you, can Do you we? just not use the beginning of words? Uh, can we please? You just const <laughs> have to abbreviate everything? What's going on? Um, <laughs> man. But. So I thought that was funny, but then you know, uh, Jackson's got the snack hookup. He's a good guy. He was there with the, the food for Joe. He's like,
1: he's prepared.
3: Yeah, here I, I I hide some stuff away. It's like he carries a little eccentric. You know, they have their moment together when everybody else runs off. Fire is life, boys. Here I was thinking football is life, but no, I guess it's fire now. Uh, <laughs> and when you're
2: camping, it's fire. Uh yeah. I'd starve if they made me kill everything that I ate. I'd starve. So right. <laughs> I'd be like hunting some nuts and berries or something with the squirrels.
3: Yeah. So then, yeah, with Joe pushing him down this like small cliff things and thinking he killed him. I thought he killed him at first, too. Like how oh, you were man. saying, I was like, oh, great. Here we go. But then I have a reference here. I was like, I even had to mark. I was like, this is a very specific reference, probably to just me. And nobody's not going to nobody's going to know what I'm talking about. But I said, Carrie's like a hyper masculine velvet ant and just won't die. <laughs> Which if anybody knows what a velvet ant is or a cow killer ant here in Texas, what we call them, but they're not actually ants. They're a wingless wasp. They're wasps, but they can't fly, so they burrow underground, and they they look like giant fr- furry ants. And they are venomous, and their sting like sets off your serotonin and all this stuff, and like just makes you feel like you're on fire from the inside. It's fucking awful. But they're around here. I remember playing with them a bunch as kids. I never got stung. <gasps> but my, I, I remember, Jake. I remember a friend that I was with, like my best friend growing up, getting stung while we were fucking with one once, and like just I will never forget his screaming. It was awful. And I don't see them that often anymore. But that's because I'm not a kid and I don't play around in fields and dirt anymore. Uh-huh. They're around, but so, oh but like gosh. I just remember. But I, I always remember like we'd see them and we would just start slamming rocks and stomping on them. They're the most resilient little things. Like you can't squish them. They just keep popping back up and running like. <laughs> so
2: that's like Carrie. Yeah. He just yeah. cannot die. So
3: it's like he just cannot die. Uh. Which
2: is a little worrisome. I mean, is that like a little foreshadowing?
3: <laughs> right. You know,
2: like Carrie, is that something you really want to be saying, you know, especially around someone like Joe? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't it's been a long time. I feel like I was almost warned about that bug when we moved to Texas uh, eons and uh, eons ago. Um, there's some weird creatures in Texas. Right. <laughs> so, yikes. Be be warned, people. Mm-hmm. Stay oh, away.
3: yeah, but we, I, see, I see a bunch of kids, and we would. We would just grab sticks and rocks and just mess with them. It was a bad idea. That's a terrible idea. Stung. It was a very painful situation. But Jeez. Kids in the nineties, we had nothing else to what we you were doing. What was,
1: what I
2: mean, was yeah, do? I mean, the shit <laughs> I did as a kid in the eighties. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> did dumb shit all the time. I was a fire bug. I played with fire, not so much <laughs> insects and animals, but yeah, did yeah. dumb shit.
3: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, back to the show, back yeah. to the show, <laughs> Joe, almost killing Carrie. And then having that like moment you talked about with them. And I was like, and hey, now he's a man now or whatever. Uh, which, strangely enough, was exactly what he needed, apparently. He comes back with this clarity of, like, I know who I'm supposed to be. And I, I know how to do things better. And you're like, oh, awesome. You know, he learned something from this. And then, and then we realize he learned the, the wrong lesson from yeah. this hunting trip. Where he's like, I've got, to, I've got to give my inner beast its outlet. and Take it on walks. And what that means is I should definitely keep stalking the lady I work with. No, Joe, this no. is not healthy. Try again. Try- no, you learned this- the wrong lesson.
2: Wanted to smack him. <laughs> like, have we learned ah. nothing? You were literally just going right back in the same pattern. And to hear him say those words, it was a little Dexter light because right. it was almost like you know Dexter talking about his dark passenger. Exactly. And the way that he would refer to his dark passenger it was a lot of like Joe making the same references. And it we've talked about it before how this show's very um, Dexter like, but in a lighter way. Um, Dexter's a mm. lot darker and um i think more drama and yeah fun but um but yeah kind of the same same idea and i'm like no 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 <laughs> um bad bad idea and when does this dude have time to do anything you know working at the <laughs> library having a home life having a baby and now, wanting to do some light stalking again I know
3: I was wondering he's like well now I, he like set the alarm at the bakery like somehow rigged it up to go off in the middle of the night so he'd have an excuse to go fix it mm-hmm. but then like love watched him fix it like so what's still his excuse for now stalking Marion for the next three hours or whatever
2: yeah <laughs> dude how long does it take to go you know run I got stuck in or...
3: traffic at that two in the morning um <laughs> I know <laughs> well,
2: who has time for that crap So, yeah, dude, he just doesn't learn. But what would what would you be without Joe stalking someone and being obsessed and fascinated? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same trope. uh, But again, it's kind of part of what makes this show. Yeah. You know, so I guess we're not going to get away from it completely. Um, (laughs) Good point. I like it. Um well, my number 4 I wanted to talk a little bit about Matthew. I I feel like I still can't quite figure this guy out and I feel like um I probably he had a I think um kind of a harsh introduction to the show. I I don't necessarily think that he's a bad guy, but you know when when we met Natalie and she's talking about him, it felt like, you know, he didn't sound like such a good guy. She didn't right. seem to really like him that much. And they didn't seem to have much of a connection. You know, it's like he was never home. He seemed to, at least what she says, constantly had her under su- surveillance. So he sounded very controlling, uh, which to me is a huge red flag. Um, but... yeah. You know, we we see him, and he actually seems upset that she's gone. Like, he actually cares about her, which seems to be the opposite of, like, What Natalie would have said or, you know, and that almost seems to be like the um, impression that we got when after she went missing in the news is all, you know, talking about it. And he's, you know, Joe's like, dude, you got to like show some emotion. You got to say something. You can't just sit up here and like be locked up in your house and not say anything. It looks really bad. And it does. However, can't be a super easy situation. And it's hard to judge someone in that situation and their reaction and everyone like grieves and processes in different ways. Um, But Joe did have a point. So I don't know. It's like, did, did he really care about Natalie or is it just because he lost the control he had over her? Like he was so used to controlling her and now that she's gone and he doesn't have this control. Is this what's kind of making him slip um, into this um, Mm -hmm. like dark place? It seems Um, because he doesn't have the object of his control anymore and it's kind of right. throwing him in this tailspin i
3: don't know i'm curious what what you think about him so far because so, i kind of came to his defense last week too mm-hmm. and i still i'm in that spot i mean i i i don't think he's a bad guy i still view him as as a pretty good guy like i maybe natalie you know not to victim blame a, a fictional dead person but uh <laughs> you know maybe she's just kind of has not maybe to the same degree as love or joe does but maybe she had that kind of mentality of just she can't sit still in suburban monotony. And once she got settled down with a decent guy who's just living a normal life, it wasn't enough for her. And She's she was bored. restless.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And then she felt like she was trapped or in a prison, you know, uh, kind of like what Joe was saying in those first episodes. Cause I haven't seen anything to really indicate Matthew being a bad guy. Cause you would think of it was like this power thing or control thing that with her gone, he'd be taking it out on Theo or something. And he's not doing that. So, mm-hmm. He just kind of seems to be very sucked into his own thing right now. He I And mean, a lot of it is him obsessing over figuring out what truly happened in Natalie. Because he's not buying the whole Gil Brigham story.
1: Mm-hmm. We clearly
3: see that he, that's that's not going to do it for him. So now he's got a PI and investigators. And he's got, as the o puts it, like just this whole conspiracy theory style thing about trying to figure out what happened. So I think... Yeah, if, if he has any control issues, it's just wanting to make sure he wanting to have answers to everything, and he doesn't like leaving this where it is. But but I don't I don't know I don't view him in any really bad light.
2: I get that I get that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm exactly saying he's a bad guy. I just I can't quite figure him out. Yeah. Um, and I I can't tell if if his if the way that he's acting is truly out of concern for Natalie or if it's just cause I do feel he was controlling. I don't know if, if what Natalie said is, is right that he had all kinds of cameras set up and just always had her under surveillance. And he's like some big tech genius. And he has the, cause, which cause I think that that puts love and Joe at greater risk. And I don't know, I might've mentioned on one of our other podcasts thinking that, you know, um, he he could have cameras on them. He could have um, surveillance on which we know. As of this episode, he he's got like a PI, right? Not yeah. just looking at love, but like pretty much the entire town. Um, but you know, he's got all this um, technology at his fingertips. He's like a genius with this stuff. What if he's got stuff on their phones, on their laptops, um, other? you know, technical type surveillance or something, you know, um, that they don't know about. And so, I mean, if that's true, you know, I don't know, to me that just, it's one thing to have like security cameras around your house for protection and stuff. But I don't know, the way Natalie portrayed it, it just seemed like, you know, he watched her every move and she couldn't really do or, you know, a whole lot of anything um, without him knowing about it is just how it felt. And to me, that just feels gross. And I think, From personal experience being in like previous relationships where, you know, you are being controlled or someone wants to have all that control. And you just was like a red flag to me and just like didn't like it. But I don't I mean, clearly he didn't kill her and I don't think he's a killer Mm -hmm. like Joe or love or anything like that. I just think he's just kind of a little bit of a controlling guy. And I think there is some of that that you can see in this episode as far as like how far he's taking it with, I mean, all of this um, surveillance and, you know, investigation on like everyone in the town and trying to connect all these dots and kind of figure out, I mean, I, I see it. Yes. That he's wanting to figure it out because he doesn't buy the whole story. um, But I don't know. I think it's to an extreme in a way. So just a little bit of a red flag for me, but I don't think he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. necessarily he's got a couple red flags in my opinion. Um so I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't know what to think about him yet. I, I worry about him though because I think, you know, now that you know Joe and love know, you know what he's up to. Mm-hmm. That's not good for him. So uh
3: what's your number 3? All right. Um Another kind of probably quick one. We'll see. I say that sometimes and then we end up going off tangents <laughs> and stuff, which is great. But, um, just the ups and downs of the relationship of Joe and love. This, oh, these yes. two episodes,
2: quite a just roller coaster. The, these two
3: yeah, journey we go through with these two, um, which, uh, uh, the whole I wolf you thing again, I was like, ah, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um,
2: did we have <laughs> to bring that back? We,
3: we don't have to do that again. No, please, don't. please let it go. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, uh, just we see them talking about you know, oh, things are great, but we're actually really bored with with each other, and I see the two of them as just not being able to to settle uh they they require drama or they require some kind of something like that to keep them going Joe we we said with his uh performance issues and just way he f- feels. I don't think it has anything to do with his relationship with love. I think it's because things are quiet. He he requires this drama of constantly worrying about being caught. Yes. He can't just coast in normalcy. He has to be, like, living on the edge or whatever, you know, where he has to be doing what he knows is wrong because it gives him this, like, spark. And then <clears throat> love is kind of the same way, though. She can't just coast. She's got to be in her... You know, how dare this show make characters that are really obnoxious and annoying say things that are really true and spit facts on us. But, you know, her mom, Dottie, Dottie. points out to her.
2: Who knew was like, Dottie was going to be, like,
3: right. spitting
2: the facts in this episode? Yeah.
3: Yeah, where she's just like, you can't, you, you're not uh, having this good relationship with Joe because he's, quote unquote, like, fixed. He's normal, he's fine now, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he's not this project that you're working on. It's like, that's why all you ever did was stick around with your brother with 40, because he was somebody that you constantly had to take care of and fix and support and help. Ouch! That's why you're with this, this kid next door, because he's got all of these problems and he's broken and he's somebody that you can work on as a project. Joe was a project to you. And now that that project seems to be done, Mm -hmm. you can't sit still. So you have to, so they both have their own things that they they're they're not going to allow themselves to be a suburban family yeah with just normal just life settling into suburbia have, yeah they have to have this you know spark keeping them going and it's a pretty violent spark for both of them
2: i mean you know i don't know go bungee jumping or skydiving right. or something and or i don't know um there's plenty of ways to get a thrill <laughs> know <laughs> as a couple or individually um certainly don't have to do like what they're doing
3: i know so they're kind of messing around with with two different people oh, we have joe yeah obsessing over marion and then love as much as she's constantly saying no i drew a line in the sand we can't talk we can't talk but then all theo has to do she is come try. Over and shine his smile and bat his eyes and all right, fine. You know, like she just—it doesn't take much. Uh, well, both of them are so
2: weak. Like they do try. They do recognize. They do call it out. No, yeah. no, this. You know, um, you know, Lo, love's like I—I oh, I don't deserve him. You know, oh look, and Joe's like, oh, I don't deserve her. Look, she's I love that little you know,
3: moment where they both say that at the same time. I was like, that's yes, yes.
2: Or Joe when he's under. Um, um uh, Marianne's bed and love starts texting mm-hmm. him and he's like, Oh, there's there's you know, like my perfect wife, and you know, um, you know, like she does all the right things and in the meantime, he has no clue what is going on with her and Theo and right. vice versa, <laughs> with with Love, you know, not knowing about Joe and Marianne yet. Um but yeah, and they do try to stay devoted to each other. They know they need to. They want to make their marriage work. They want to be a family. Um, they do have at least a common interest in, you know, their son. But
3: yeah, they they just they break. Yeah, and we see they finally come together. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the strongest and the best when they are riding the highs of thinking about the other person. Oh, so they are man. both fantasizing about different people while, while having sex with each other. And it's just like, and that's what really, really gets them going is, you know, love picturing, thinking about Theo, which maybe she wouldn't have, if he wouldn't have planted that in her head, it was him asking that question that I was like, oh great. Now she will. Um, Yeah. She for sure will now. And then of course, Joe in this weird fantasy with Marion, where she's just like, well, you think about love all the time. So maybe think about me. And it's, and that's what really sets them off. And I'm like, you guys got some issues. But again, like that's kind of the whole point. And you know, they're going to therapy and they're trying to work things out. But it's like these are the issues they can't talk about out of fear of like, well, if I bring up that I this is going on, then then my wife or husband is going to kill the person that I'm fantasizing about, and I don't want that.
2: Yeah, so. it's a little different <laughs> uh, in in this uh, marriage and scenario. You know, I mean. You know, it's natural to, like, have fantasies and stuff. So I'm not going to, like, say that that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, it's the acting on them, right. you know, that, that shouldn't be encouraged. Um, Theo was annoying as hell, you know. I mean, love's like, uh-huh. stop talking to me, leave me alone. He's like, no. <laughs> right. No. He cannot just, take a hint. Yeah. I mean, she she's very clear with him. Like, I told you not to talk, uh, that I can't talk to you anymore. And I told you that I can't see you anymore. I mean, that was, of course, after she had already slept with him um, mm-hmm. before. Um, and then, of course, she's like, oh, my gosh, that was a terrible mistake. This can't happen again. So, okay, you made a mistake. Um, move on. And she was very clear and direct with him. But he just keeps ignoring I'm like, Theo, get a fucking therapist. right? You know, take a hint.
3: You can't keep coming to me to ride your scooter. It's not gonna happen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh god.
3: But
2: um, well, and and Marianne too. You know, she's acknowledging like you know you're married and you have a kid, and you know I'm not breaking the family. Yeah. It's
3: and but then she starts that conversation with i have feelings for you don't okay so now you're saying like mixed signals when you're like i have feelings for you and that moment we had was great and real but we can't do that anymore because i don't want to break up was well, like well then lie to him <laughs> let him quit because then when he, she's like you don't have to do that you shouldn't do that let's talk again when we have clearer heads okay now you're leading him on and so i mean nobody's you know, blameless in this situation for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's but it's I, not great. <laughs> it's not great with those two.
3: But it's interesting where we leave off cuz you know, kind of they're like at odds with each other, but then they're close again, but then they're odds, but then they're trying to come close. And now they are uh at at the end of this Joe is deciding he's going to let love flirt with Theo. As in he thinks it's just she's leading him on in order to gain access to the information about what Matt is working on. And he's like, well, good, because if that's what she's doing, then she's distracted from finding out about Marianne and what's going on with us. I was like, yeah, sure, totally. That's going to work, Joe. Bet that, uh, bet everything on that. Um, cause
2: <laughs> it's a terrible, <sighs> terrible plan for both of them. And they're yes. both like oh, we're so devoted to each other and we love each other so much. Um, I'm going to go, you know, Love's like, I'm going to go play with fire, you know, by uh, hanging out with Theo and seeing what we can find out, you know, about this whole investigation thing and keep, you know, information flowing about what Matthew's up to. Um, and Joel's like, yeah, you go do that. I'm going to go over here and hang out with Marianne, you know, and continue his, his little trust. Um it's gonna get really bad. It's just not gonna. End. This is clearly yeah. <laughs> not gonna end well for one or both of them. Um, right. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> I don't know. Bad decisions. Bad decisions. But that's what makes this show so watchable and fun. Yes. Um. Well, my number three. I'm super excited because we got uh, a. Return of a character from season two. And that was 40. Yeah. So good. So good. Complete surprise. Um, I was not expecting that. But, you know, we one of the things that we got in this episode that was really kind of interesting was we got a voiceover from love because it's always Joe mm-hmm. and it's always Joe's narrative and it's always Joe's voiceover. And he's kind of driving the story. And everything's from his perspective. And it was fun to kind of get it from love. Um, So that was an unexpected kind of surprise. And we find out that she has been, uh, since 40 um, past, she's texted his phone, which made me really sad for love. Look, I know she does a lot of terrible things. she's, (laughs) But there is a little bit of a human side to her here, right? Um, Because she's still grieving for her brother, and it's such a human thing to do. Um, You know, I I haven't texted um, a you know, a a person that's been dear to me, but I like talk to that person, you know, um, like they're still here. um, And like,
3: yeah, I I kind of viewed it as like, a a newer modern version of like going to the grave and talking to the person. But instead, you don't have to leave your house, just I'll just send them a text. And
2: that's probably (laughs) how um, I mean, I know that they they had a lot of like in person because they were in each other's lives, her and 40, like every day, but I'm sure that Texting was a big part of their communication, right, so it makes sense that that's how she mm-hmm. would continue to to like talk with him after um he's dead so and i've I've read that um you know other people do that like yeah i you know oh my husband died, and I still text his phone or oh my my you know mother died and I text her on her phone, which was kind of natural you know um t- to to kind of mm-hmm. do so it was you know I thought kind of a sweet moment um you know her you know confessing to 40 um through these text messages. And you know, I kinda laughed. You know, she puts the phone down. Um she's like drunk as hell in the bathtub and gets a response, like a message back Mm -hmm. on her phone. She's like, 40, you know, she's
1: Did you just answer me?
2: Um and I'm like, what? Oh my God, that's so weird. Cause I'm thinking, oh my God, did like Joe get a hold of her phone or a hold of 40's phone? Cause she said it uh, she keeps it; um, it's dead in the the drawer of her bedside table. So,
3: yeah. this is gonna come out, right? I mean, I feel like, right? That's... that's. I was just like, I can see Joe finding these confessions, and it's not gonna end well. Like, yeah, at the end of the episode, she deletes Forty's number from her phone, but that doesn't. I'm not gonna be surprised if it still somehow comes back. Joe will find them. Still. Yeah, it
2: deletes it off her phone. It doesn't delete it off Forty's phone unless she goes to 40's phone and deletes it so right. if, if he looks at her phone it's gone but i'm like oh that's this is gonna come back and bite you or something something's gonna come out of this um so i'm thinking oh shit did joe get a hold of 40's phone or something did he find it um no it just happens to be 40 showing up in the bathtub uh there with love which you know i think this situation with 40 in love, uh, and him coming back there in the bathtub. It was definitely, I, I feel like a symbolic kind of moment. The, the title of this episode was womb.
3: Yeah. The twins that shared the womb together. Exactly. The water together. Yeah,
2: exactly. So that, that's what I got from this. It's, you know, the water of the womb that yes, they, they share together as twins and was definitely a running theme, you know, with this episode title, um, you know, and, and that, talk of how like close they were. So I really loved that they had um, like this moment together. I know that 40 was just a figment of her imagination, you know, cause she's like, Oh my God, are you really here? And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm a part of you. I'm inside of you. I'm always here. Um, which I thought was really sweet. So it was really good to see 40 back. And, you know, I think that that was kind of that part of herself that had that talk with her that I think she needed to kind of hear um, and kind of set her right again um, after, you know, feeling like she could be pregnant again. And is that the right thing? Um, and of course, right now she's not. But having just gone through that, like, you know, yeah. thinking that she could be pregnant. Um, and, you know, is that something that is a good idea? Should she have another baby because she's so bored? And um, so I, I like that moment. And I like that they brought Forty back. He was such a great character from season two. Um, what did you think of that moment? Cause I know you talked about, um, you know, 40 a little bit when, cause I know that you binged, um, the first two seasons, um, before yeah. we covered this one. And I know you mentioned 40 was a character that you enjoyed. What did you think about, about that?
3: I absolutely loved that scene. I really did. Uh, <laughs> at first, just cause I was like, she just dumped the entire bottle of bubble bath into that water. <laughs> yeah. Suds it up. <laughs> She's like, I didn't pay for this. This is my mom's shit. So bye. Uh, I would
2: too. Uh, That girl needed a hot bath. She didn't have her baby for the night. Apparently there's some awesome nursery or something there at this retreat. So take advantage of
3: that. Absolutely. I don't know many vineyards that have a great, you know, babysitting service, but all right.
2: Yeah, it's a weird (laughs) kind of thing, but whatever. Take advantage.
3: Yeah, but it was, you know, she gets very drunk because that's where, you know, I love that moment. She, you know, has this falling out with her mom, which she seems to have way more than she needs to. How many times does she have to tell her mom, "I'm so done with your shit"? Before they're back together, and Dottie's tearing into her again. Mother
2: daughter relationships, let me tell you, yeah, just complicated.
3: Yeah, it was it was rough. But on the plus side, she's definitely not pregnant. We see, so she's like, "Well, it's time to get drunk as fuck." Yes, and she Agreed. does because, uh, yeah, with forty showing up, kind of this emotional break. Uh, but she definitely is able to work some stuff out that she really needed to. And then it kind of reminded me again of when we were talking about Dexter and covering Dexter is about this inner voice as you know, we see, you know, I don't want to spoil too much for people who didn't watch that or whatever. But, you know, I mean, I guess it's not too big of a spoiler. We see it with dark Pastor stuff, but like in the newer one, Mm -hmm. Deb being the voice in Dexter's head. But it's, you know, so it's like he's having conversations with Deb. Yes. But it's really him talking his own consciousness out. And so that's kind of what this was. Yes. But she's talking to 40, but this is her own consciousness, her own thoughts. that are working their way mm-hmm. out. And she's realizing that, yeah, nobody, you know, nobody's going to be her soulmate over 40. It's, because I think
2: completely it's true. Exactly
3: who they were. They, there's nobody who will ever be able to be closer to her than he was.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And so she shouldn't try to hold Joe to that standard. And it is kind of a big breakthrough for her to, to realize that she doesn't have to, however, she does have to kind of let go of forty to really focus on Joe and and make better strides for him. Yeah, and I like that she kind of gets that moment, but and then that comes with that really kind of sad scene of her going from holding on to him to realizing she has to let go, and it's that that moment where you know she's falling asleep on the bed and he's laying next to her singing to her and I'll be there. I was like mm, that moment maybe kind of broke me a little bit. Yeah, uh, just maybe just uh, a little. <laughs> Very sweet. Because I, I, I did like it a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's was interesting because yeah, she's ha- kind of having that conversation with herself, um, and a part of her um, in in um, in kind of letting go of that guilt that he died, and yeah. that she didn't die with him um, because they were so. I mean, they they they're twins. They had a very close relationship, but they had a very intense relationship. I mean, yeah, and I don't know, maybe, you know, I've known twins, but I don't know if I've ever seen such an intense relationship between a set of twins before. They just had a very intense type of relationship. And maybe it was because of what love talked about, you know, because of how they grew up and the way that their parents were and how they were raised and they had to lean on each other so much. Um so you know, it, it maybe that was an opportunity for love to kind of let some of that go, let some of that guilt go. Uh, you know, about forty um, dying and her her surviving. Um, so yeah, I think that was a bit of a breakthrough moment for her too. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yep. Oh, but yeah, good to see forty. Definitely. He's a cutie. <laughs> um, what is your number two?
3: All right. Let's talk about Theo <laughs> a little more. From uh, Forty to fit. Theo. he's Right. Sit. Which there's a little moment that will tie these together because even Forty, which is love's true consciousness. So again, this is love realizing this. Mm-hmm. You didn't, Did you notice that Forty even pointed out... Weird kind of forty Theo connection. So he kind of reminds me a lot of me. That's love thinking that in her own head. It was there. Yeah, <laughs> I totally
2: <laughs> think that uh, that love has seen Theo as a bit of a substitute. Now, granted, you know she's taken it to a little bit of a different level as far as like the intimate being, you know, because Forties yeah. her brother and you know Theo, you know, kind of projecting that onto Theo. But um, I I think what her mom said was kind of true and she's kind of projecting some of that and seeing theo as someone she can fix like she always thought she had to fix 40 um but yes i did pick up on yeah. that
3: but yeah off the beginning of the episode though, i go okay well theo's jamming the song tangerine by glass animals in his backyard mm-hmm. so it's okay officially the best character now no further info needed he likes glass animals so we're good but uh no
2: <laughs> but weird and creepy in that whole like Was say anything uh, <laughs> is that the movie uh, yeah, from the John was, Cusack, from the the
3: in that scene. As creepy. soon as I heard the music playing, it's creepy outside because the way it, the way it sounded like it was off a boombox. Something did really good with the audio mixing on that because the second that I heard the music start playing, I said out loud watching it the, on my first watch episode, I went, "Oh my god, Theo's doing a fucking say anything." I did there, too. Isn't. Like I immediately was like, "I know it." I was like he's, <laughs> he's
2: standing out there with a freaking boombox <laughs> over his head, and then uh, that's exactly that's exactly yep yep I, yep. I had the same
3: thought it's like man but yeah love thinking of theo in yeah a different way again which is weird we've talked about this substitute for 40 thing you know this immature guy who needs support and care i was like you can't want to bang the neighbor and also think of him as a brother figure you can't you can do one or the other but you can't have both it's not it's not okay love what are you doing um. <laughs> <It's> not okay <laughs> But then we even see, you know, in the house, Sherry's like trash talking him and she quietly is defending him. We're like, well, but what about this? And, but maybe he's not that bad. And what, what if it's just that? Like you can see that she's coming to his defense. And when he shows up at the door, he can't hide his infatuation for her for a second. Like he's just so awkward, you know, I was letting you know about the street cleaning. It's like, oh, well, my car's in the driveway. Well, just in case you move it out of the driveway, it's like any excuse to come talk to her. Which even Joe walks in is like, I feel like I just walked into something. It's like, I don't I didn't think I would ever tell Joe to trust his gut. But in this case, yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh,
2: Yeah. And he did too, because he found some stuff and confronted her. But yeah, he stepped in a whole lot of stuff.
3: Yeah. She's been, he gets drunk. He's just drinking himself you know, wild every night. And then she's paying for his like Ubers to get Which, back home and stuff. And why
2: is she having to do that? I feel like, I mean, <laughs> the- why does Theo need like love to get him an yeah, Uber? I mean, his, his, I we know that like Matthew whatever has connection money, He can have, so... yeah.
3: Whatever, whatever he can do to keep a connection line with her. Oh, uh,
2: Maybe then, that's I think, it. I guess that.
3: And then it feeds into her needing to,
2: to help him, to help
3: him. And so I, I think he knows that he, she kind of has this feeling and the way that she talked about 40 during their conversation when he kissed her. And I think he's manipulating her a little bit. Uh, yeah. He's creepy. And I don't like it's, it. Yeah. And she's apparently made some pretty good lines for him not to cross. We said, yo, but you know, you, you said I can't email you or text you anymore. So now it's just Uber eyes. But then they start texting again anyway, because he's just, he's persistent and he's, obsessed himself mm-hmm. i don't think it's like the level that joe is at where he's gonna go hunt her down or kill her or somebody Steal her else
2: use tampons but, or anything right. like that
3: but but he's definitely obsessed and you even see her trying to treat him like a child a little bit where she's like finds to you know find somebody your own age and well maybe when you get older you'll understand and i think she's doing that because it's helping distance herself from romantic feelings and sexual feelings. So she's like, well, if I treat him like a child and act like a child then I'll think he's a child and then I won't have these thoughts anymore. But it's not really working. That It's still sitting underneath somewhere in there. uh, And he knows how to wear her down, for sure.
1: Mm,
2: Yeah, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the boundaries that he crosses and that he's doing those manipulations. And and do you think love like, enjoys being like the object of someone's obsession, like like with Joe, you know, because he doesn't obsess about her, you know, like he did in season two? Um, you know, do you think that she enjoys that or something? And that like could,
3: I haven't really thought about that too much, but I think that that definitely could be a factor in it, is why because he is being obnoxiously pushy. Yeah. To where there's so many chances where she'd be like, okay, don't talk to me anymore. This is too much.
2: Yeah. He's but definitely gotten him. into creep creep zone.
3: Yeah. But but she lets him mm-hmm. you know, she keeps leading him on a little bit. So maybe she does like that attention a little bit. Yeah,
2: I don't know. I feel like uh. <laughs> she just keeps inviting it and so it's like, well then you have to say well, does she enjoy it? Does she like being um obsessed over um And that's why she, she, like, I feel like she's setting boundaries or she's being clear about, like, don't talk to me. But yet, like you said, still kind of keeping it open, you know, and still trying to help him and being there for him. Um, I feel like you have to just completely cut it off. I mean, I feel bad for the kid. You know, I feel like he's, I guess, going through some things. And it sounds like, you know, he's not able to like get through to matthew at all and get help from him so i mean i feel like he needs help i just feel like if someone's telling you that you need to knock it off then you need to respect that and he's not respecting it at all and that's that's what i have a problem with it's not okay
3: at all Mm -hmm. no uh it's it's like there's little things he gets arrested for operating a scooter while drunk and who does he call of course he's going to call love to come pick him up uh so they end up riding the scooter together and then uh she forgoes the machinery and rides him instead, <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, after after he confesses his desperate obsession with her, like he's saying, you know, I basically is like I stopped going to school because I can't stop thinking about you, like dude, you're an adult, like fucking function as a human being, you can't do that, you can't be like, I can't work, and I can't do this, and I can't do that because all I think about is my married neighbor like." Go see a therapist
2: yeah,
1: then.
3: It, <laughs> like, here, here's, here's some man. options
2: for you. Call someone and get some help. This is not right. gonna work.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like it. Red but flags. the fact that the fact that she again gives into it, because she does, she tells him, like, finds you know, like, you can't do this. You're a teenager going after a married woman. Like she calls him out for it, but then immediately does it like right there anyway. Mm-hmm. Immediately, then gives in. I'm like, love you. She's add not this helping. to the list versus you whacking anti vaxxers and, and <laughs> killing the neighbor that your husband is like. Add this to you can't screw the neighbor's kid. You can't do it. Just stop. Um, yeah, while he's it's not a good idea, he's
2: clearly crossing a line and a boundary. But it's it's you're you're right. She's not helping it because she's she's allowing it. She keeps um, inviting it, and she keeps. um kind of welcoming it and she's keeping up the lines of communication, you know, open and, and she has to like be very clear and shut it down and be like, you know, and just not engage at all. And by her continuing to engage, you know, she's inviting it. It, They're, they're both wrong. I'm not wanting to say she's at fault for it, but you know, she's, she, she's not being as clear. Like she says one thing, but she's doing something else. Um, and it's interesting this dynamic between the two, him being, I think they said, I think I heard them say in the show he's 19. 19, um, yeah. And she is, I, I don't know that we know Love's exact age. I'm guessing like mid to um, like twenty twenty between, I think 25, 27 or something, I think is maybe uh-huh. what she's supposed to be, but I don't know that we know her exact age. But what's interesting is the actor that plays Theo is 27. And he's actually older in real life than Victoria Pedretti, who's 24. Yeah. So it's really interesting that he's, you know, playing this, um you know, young, co- which he looks super young. He does not look 27 yeah. at all. Um, But I find it funny that he's, you know, playing this role of a kid obsessed with Victoria Pedretti, who's supposed to be older than him. And this, you know, mother, married woman. And she's actually in real life younger than him. So,
3: yeah, kind of funny,
2: kind of funny. <laughs> You forget how young she right. is.
3: Um, uh-huh. But yeah, this it's 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 a whole mess. It's like while, while you're begging the neighbor's son, mess. you miss your own son's first steps. Uh <sighs> yeah. Which, which you know, miss the FaceTime for. I was like, "Well, Dottie, just freaking video take like yeah, record it on a video." You got a phone right there. Doing?
2: Record it. I mean, look. <laughs> I mean, wh- yeah, love should not have been doing what she was doing. She's not right. forgiven for that act, but you know Henry could have very well taken his first steps while she was at the bakery or, you know, actually doing something legit. She is a working mom. Um, She could have just Mm -hmm. legit been away from the house. You never know when a kid's going to take their first steps. You know, coming from a mom, you think it's going to happen this day, and it actually happens a completely different day when you weren't expecting it. You can turn your head, and next thing you know, they're freaking running across the room. So, you know, mm. not to not to do any mommy shaming um, for love missing it, because it could have happened at any time. However,
3: right. um,
2: she shouldn't have been doing what she was doing.
3: <laughs> but any ammo. Any, Anything
2: any ammo Dottie, Dottie can use. Absolutely. dig under her. Yeah. Absolutely. Dottie's going to use oh, it and man. twist it. She's a piece of work. Then, oh, geez. Mm-hmm.
3: But Theo lives in, in love's subconscious, as he even says. I mean, he shows up at the the summit, at the, the vineyard. She's like, what the hell are you doing here? It's like, you called me in the middle of the night while you were drunk. And she's like, Oh, damn it. You know, like, can't, can't help it. Of course, then because of that, she finds out, you know, that Theo has seen all of his dad's crazy investigations and lets her know about that, Um, you know, crashes in on her while she's trying to pack up to take off back home with all the wine i love how she throws the book away in the trash can i thought that was hilarious but uh but yeah this could be a lot of trouble (laughs) it's not gonna end well Uh, it's just not good
2: no but then if it was then we wouldn't be so invested right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's gonna happen? Have We'd have a show. We wouldn't be as invested. It would be so boring. We'd be like Joe and Love sitting here just bored, right? Um, right. Looking for some action.
3: Um, you watch that show on Netflix where this married couple just lives life, lives a boring um, <laughs> suburban
2: life, and he's obsessed with the lawn, and she's she's friends with a vapid um, mommy blogger influencer. <laughs> yeah nobody'd be talking about that would they um no uh well my number two uh kind of short and we've uh, touched on it a little bit but uh what i found really funny in the second episode was joe's (laughs) (laughs) self-awareness the dude has finally become a little self-aware and it was it was funny to see that come to light um and it happens when Marianne lashes lashes out at Joe and he seems to have this big light bulb moment, right? That he recognizes, this is a pattern. <laughs> you
3: know? It's like. Right. Mother issues. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yep.
2: You are so right, Joe. You have mommy issues. And we get to see flashbacks um, to Beck and, of course, the, the nurse that we keep seeing, um, his mom. Mm-hmm. And he's. I guess going through the therapy process with love, you know, that he is, I think, able to kind of recognize, you know, what's kind of happening. And it's funny when that happens and he says, How's that for self-awareness? while he's smirking, so proud of himself. Right. And it's funny because it's like um when when you're watching that and watching him come to that realization and he's so proud of himself that he that he is aware of what's happening. It's like watching a puppy being potty trained, you know, it's like, Oh, good job, Joe. You know, so, so proud that he's, he's hit that milestone. Not that it does him a whole lot of good. um, No, because like we said, he, he succumbs to, you know, every time he he pulls himself back, you know, nope, I'm not doing this again. Nope, not doing this again. I'm I'm he he kind of repeats this mantra to himself, you know, I'm a good husband, a good father, you know, and that's what his focus is gonna be. He's lucky to have love, you know, and and have her in his life, and that's what he wants to focus on. And he keeps pulling himself back. And then of course when he, you know, kind of hears the this tumultuous relationship that she has with her ex and the circumstances around that. And he's kind of like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not touching this one, but still goes there. And it's because um, what what he really falls for is that commonality that he has uh, with Marianne, like he had with the nurse, um, where they have similar backgrounds, finds out a little bit about her yeah. background that she also – you know kind of came from a foster's you know kind of system and you know is aware Mm -hmm. of you know um what joe has went through and she kind of understands and gets him on a deeper level that love hasn't and really probably no one has um in his life except for maybe the nurse that also kind of talked a little bit about her experience and and getting bullied and and picked on um and (sighs) Just got the downfall again, where Joe just cannot help uh, himself.
3: Yeah, so between yeah her her background and like the foster system and her love for her daughter. Is he has his love for Henry, but then you know maybe it's not murder and stuff like that. But she also he sees in her she's made some critical mistakes in her past that she's desperately trying to be better than and move past. Yeah, and it's a lot of these. It's like it's a perfect cocktail of commonality and understanding. That is going to lead to him just absolutely going all in with her too.
2: Yeah, and like this need, I think, to protect her because of this ex who we f- has, you know, we come to find out is um, the news guy that we met in a previous episode. Which you know, you think he's just going to be a, a, like a throwaway character, um, but he's yeah. not. He comes back and tries the guy that breaks. Him-
3: Matthew Spring yeah. to come out like, <laughs> trying to, get, so a, trying to that. get a
2: story to happen yeah um mm-hmm. turns out he's you know quite the jerk um sounds like um and then of course tries to turn or turn his like news charm you know personality onto Joe and Joe doesn't buy it of course um
3: yeah I love that I know you are now you need to leave mm-hmm.
2: um. <laughs> yeah good line so I you know I see the good side of Joe where you know he comes to her defense, and I know she didn't like it in the moment, and I'm like, you know what? I get it i you know, I always try to just take care of my situations without having to feel like someone needs to intervene and um I'm also private and personal, so I wouldn't want anyone up in my business either. um so I totally get why Marianne acted the way that she did, but I do also like that Joe was very much like, you know, you need to back off and you know leave her alone. Um, So, you know, that was kind of a a good thing to see, but I think it just fuels his need to protect um, and all the things that, you know, you listed and and mentioned and then adding this to it as well just fuels Joe's need that he has to to protect someone um, like Marianne, like he thought he was protecting Beck from, um, was it Benji? You know, so just not a good not a good not a good cocktail mix um, and, and just as a word of caution for anyone who thinks that it's awesome to like have this moment under the sprinklers um, I've read that the water from sprinklers is extremely nasty and gross and smells so <laughs> probably not as romantic of a moment as they'd make it sound but I understand they have to kind uh-huh. of have this rom-com kind of moment um, right but you know, just as a, I guess, moment of caution. It's not, <laughs> not that great.
3: Don't make out under an emergency spring. Yeah. Probably, don't, taste probably
2: not going to be a sweet romantic uh, moment when you have brownish <laughs> water that stinks um, mm. all on top of you. But anyway, so yeah, but it was fun to kind of see his self-awareness um, and how proud uh, he was in uh, that moment.
3: Yeah, because I had kind of just a thought on exactly what that was, you know, other than... Mommy issues, mother issues, mm-hmm. um, and so I kind of broke it down a little bit. Is like, okay, so what is the pattern? What is, well, at least, what he views it as. And he has, he's seeing this a person who's seeing this person who's abused in a bad situation, unable to get out of it, and it forces him to believe that he's the savior, the heroic good guy who can swoop in and rescue them. Because he wasn't able to do that with his own mother. Right. He wasn't able to save right. her. But now he can try to make up for that. And Fiona, Beck, or Candace, maybe those are kind of a stretch. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, but love and and now Marianne. Uh, I don't know. Natalie, I think he was just kind of a creep. Uh, but Yeah, he just needed a new obsession. I mean, obsession. I think he started getting, he was already kind of obsessed. But then I think what d- dug him in further was her being like, you know, I feel like I'm trapped and my husband's trying to control me and these things and he's like oh no you need somebody to come save you from this you need rescued yeah yeah he's definitely not the hero he thinks that he wants to be Mm -mm. Um, it's still not not noble and it's not the correct thing to be doing no but at least it explains where his mindset is even if it is still a very dark and twisted at least we know what it is
2: yeah we've got a base for it
3: he's yeah He's able to understand what it is. Now he's going to justify it to himself, but but at least he's aware of it. Now he just needs to become aware of how it's not a good thing at all. He should seek real <laughs> psychiatric I thought help. But he was so oh.
2: close. Thought he was so close. I was like, "Yeah, Joe, look at you. Put that bracelet back down. Resist. Mm-hmm. Recognize that this is a pattern and you need to like put your foot down." But no. No, nope, he keeps going. No. Mm-mm. Oh, Joe, but again, what would what the hell would we be watching? Right.
3: <laughs> uh, what is your number one? So my number one does tie into that. Uh, that was part of it, but then just in general, kind of the story arc of Joe and Marianne. Uh, what we get throughout here, again, I mentioned he feel I feel like he requires this drama of constantly needing this, you know, danger. But he tells himself where I'm, I'm cutting everything off and then he does the absolute worst job imaginable at doing that uh because he can't help but constantly think about her and fantasize about her even when he's like sitting right there in the room with her and again we go to that he goes in and like makes out with her at the desk and you realize he's just imagining it but during that time he's grabbed the bracelet and he's like moving he's like what hey stop what am i doing i told myself i can't yes and then he's like you know After the hunting trip, he's just like, you know, but no social media, no this, that. He's like, just watching you. And he goes, I was like, what happened to just watching? Because like literally the next scene we see you in, it didn't take you long for you to be creeping through her apartment, messing with her stuff and hiding under her bed when she walks in. It's like, that didn't take long for the just watching to go out the window. Which has come with a great line, you know. (laughs) I I dearly hope it doesn't involve pegging someone on this bed. R.I.P. Peach. Oh boy. Quite a hilarious callback. I knew that Um, was gonna come back again. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. But then yeah, and then he gets a text from Love. Well, you know, I'm the perfect wife. And then I was like, well, at least he kind of realizes that he's being awful. It's not gonna stop him, but at least there's some level of awareness. Uh and then after that he's back at work watching her again, and when she takes off with this like meeting with the lawyer which she thinks is which he thinks is like some other date and stuff so he tells dante he's going in to mess with her computer which is like dante's gonna catch on he's a clever one because i like that like oh really diligent for the guy who took three hours to do that one shelf right yeah uh (laughs) now that she's not here you need in the office but he lets her he lets him in which that little girl that came up to him and asked where's narnia i was like come on joe that was a missed opportunity to tell her to check a wardrobe. I mean, I wouldn't have been—I wouldn't have been able to resist that. I would have immediately done that. But yes. you know, <laughs> but no, you gave her the correct answer the first time. Where you're a dad now, you got to be on top of the puns, so you're on top of the jokes. Yeah,
2: he's—he's got to get some dad jokes and some puns.
3: He—I mean, if you is the right there. Come on, uh, but yeah, he's digging around on Marion. Uh, he's kind of looking for reasons to not want to obsess over her, which is weird. He's like, I'm doing this so I find a reason to not be obsessed with you. It's all he's for He's trying love to talk
2: himself out blah, of it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah.
3: Right. And, and does find out a, f- a couple of little things. That she is a recovering addict who, you know, who has made some serious mistakes that led to child custody issues. And that does manage to turn him off of her for a little while, until... That situation that we talked about with the ex, and then him kind of stepping up for her, and then when the sprinklers go off in the middle of the night and Marion calls him in to try and help, see what they can salvage, and they spend the whole night working on that. And that's what re sparks this whole thing for her is then picking up those things that we talked about earlier where he really realizes the truth of what the situation and these like all of these things they have in common and that leads to that moment it was like the one single sprinkler that's just over them that's the one that goes off Okay, it's like fate at that point what are we doing Uh, (laughs) so obviously they have to make out in that dirty water
1: Yeah,
3: Uh, I love that line though as soon as like that it was a long make out scene with some epic music and everything with them being just soaked wet but when it's over she's got this like terrified look on her face and then I love the voice over with him he goes oh shit love is gonna kill you
0: like, um, That's hilarious.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What have you done, Joe? Uh.
3: Uh. Oh. What
2: have you done? But,
3: uh. And then to kind of wrap up their story for these episodes is him deciding he needs to quit the library, push her away to focus on love. Maybe more for Marion's sake than love's honestly, because he's like, as long as I sh- cut off all com, you know, contact with you, it- then you won't die. Like it's. I mean, he's not he's wrong. scared of what love's gonna do.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, for for his own weird obsessions to protecting her from love, you know, he's he needs yeah. to be doing all of that.
3: Yeah. So he, so he goes to, like, put in his resignation and they end up talking for a little bit and then kissing some more. And I was like, great. Wonderful. Awesome. Spectacular. Just amazing. Um, <laughs> hand over the resignation and turn
2: around and walk away. <laughs> Bye. all the chit chat?
3: Didn't go the right way. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Bye. You,
3: you did the one thing you did. You were not. Supposed
2: exactly. To do. Went uh, completely wrong.
3: Mm-hmm. That's like going like I'm finally joining this weight loss program, and you park in the parking lot to walk inside, and then you immediately go into the the ice cream shop. Yeah, that's next there's door. like a
2: donut shop next door <laughs>
3: like, to the Weight Watchers. Like, that's not what the hell you, you missed. Yeah. You... you Right away from the past. Please have a little self-control. I
2: say that as I had, like, way too much chocolate cake from Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I shouldn't be preaching to anyone about self-control.
3: <laughs> I just finished off a box of Girl Scout cookies while I was watching episodes, so. Not one
2: to talk. Yeah, uh. I know. I, hey, that, it was some self-control I can exhibit because my daughter was uh, out shopping, and she called me, and she's like, hey... Um what kind of Girl Scout cookies do you want? And I didn't even ask for Girl Scout cookies. She was just out and they were out selling some and she's like I was mm. like why? I was like w- what's going on? She's like oh well I'm here at the store and outside the, the they have Girl Scout cookies. What do you want? And I was like I don't want any. She goes she kind of paused and she's like you don't want Girl Scout cookies. And I was like no. She's like <laughs> okay. Who are you? <laughs> Which I mean look, um at one of my previous jobs, one of my friends' their daughter sold Girl Scout cookies and I Pretty much bought a, a like a huge box full of Girl Scout cookies from her because I love Girl Scout cookies and who doesn't? Um, and mm-hmm. hey, support! But um, I was a Girl Scout
3: growing up. But I do. But that, that's my uh, excuse is I'm supporting a great cause yeah. and a great organization. Yeah. But I do literally every year. I do the same thing. I'll I'll find the time and I'll, I'll I have. That's how bad it is. Is there's a cookie finder app?
1: Oh. That yes. I have on my phone.
3: Where you just have your like location and it will tell you what Who's... times and dates and locations, yeah. where they're going to be. And then I go and then I buy one of every single box. I don't. One of every single flavor that they have. And they usually have to use one of their like empty boxes to put all of the boxes yeah. in. And I, I spend like 50 bucks and then, but then I'm good. And then they last me not as long I as they say, should, uh, no. but they don't last very long. But, but then you can freeze some of them. Like the Thin Mints are great frozen. Yeah. So,
2: yeah, I, I have yeah, have a problem with Girl Scout cookies. So, yeah, she's like, you don't want any? And I was like, no. And she's like, why? And I was like, because I will literally sit here and eat an entire box of Girl Scout cookies. Do not, you know, yeah. if you bring them home, then you have them and don't let me see them, <laughs> essentially. Or get right. the ones that I don't like or something because I'm going to eat them. I, I have, yeah, I yeah. can't so appreciate it. While anyone.
3: watching these episodes for us recording yeah. right now, I... Murdered a box of tagalongs. So yeah,
2: I, I really can't get yeah. onto anyone about self control <laughs> when I don't have anyone. It comes to Girl Scout cookies or chocolate cake. Uh, chocolate cake was right. destroyed in this house. Um, and that's why I don't have those things in the house very often. Because yeah, I have bomb ass sweet tooth. Um. Well, my number one. It's a very very short, but very important, uh, point. Or um mm-hmm. person that I want to talk about. And that is halfway through the second episode, uh, we had a holy shit, it's the queen herself, Kimberly Shaw from Melrose Place, or Bree Vandekamp from Desperate Housewives. Um, Marsha Cross was in this episode and
3: I have not seen any of those shows, oh. and I wouldn't have known. So, oh my God. glad you're here to point that out. Was she Man. the author?
2: She, she was. Um, I think she. They weren't clear. I think she's Matthew's business partner.
3: Oh, that's who that yeah. Is. Okay, in, yeah. in
2: Matthew's kitchen, and she's like, you know, what the hell are you doing, mm-hmm. investigating these people, and kind of giving him what for? Um, I'm getting the vibe that she's his business partner or something to that effect. That's what something it to do like. with the company yeah. that he. Uh, works for her, his bill, whatever, um, that she's trying to help protect that. That's Marsha Cross. Um, okay. And uh, gotta go back, Paik. You're gonna have to go back. Uh, gotta watch the Melrose Place because um, <laughs> she she plays an amazing character. Um, if you want to talk dark and twisted, that is Dr. Kimberly Shaw on Melrose Place. Uh, <laughs> there was not a character quite like her before. On on that show, and she was absolutely amazing and very memorable indeed. I love Melrose Place; miss it so much. Such a damn good show. <laughs> um, and then um, she was Bree Van De Kamp on Desperate Housewives, um, another one of my favorite shows. And I just absolutely adore Marsha Cross. I think she is absolutely brilliant. I don't know if she's in any other episodes or not after uh, this one, but I think she is. I think she's great, and I hope that I see more of her. I find it really interesting that, you know, she has an interest in love and knowing who her family is. Um, And then this whole investigation that Matthew has launched into all of his neighbors in the town and, you know, things like that. Um, I want to see more of her because she's amazing. Yeah. So... That was a a huge moment for for me, and I think anyone who was a fan of of her uh, from those shows, or she's been in other things too, but those are like the two like big big roles for her, mm-hmm. um, and definitely has kind of made her a, a household name. Uh, Melrose Place yeah. and Desperate Housewives. She's so great, freaking so her, her.
3: Her big thing in this episode, yeah, was yeah telling Matthew you should probably stop, and it, yeah, it was because you know she realizes who love is not serial killer love Quinn, but just love Quinn from the Quinn mm-hmm. family. Like that's enough for her. She's like, you you don't mess with the Quins. So we're going to, you need to stop. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he immediately doesn't stop. No. So, <laughs> Which, yeah, of course.
2: <laughs> yeah. Not good. Yeah. That's why I don't have good feelings about Matthew and uh, like mm. that, you know, ending up well for him. Uh, in the hole that he's digging But um, I hope I hope we get to see more of her Because that was a great I didn't know she was going to be in this moment And I didn't I didn't um, even pay any attention to the credits I, I caught it on the second watch Because obviously I'd already seen her on my first watch yeah. And was absolutely thrilled and over the moon But um, I caught it on the second time I was like, oh my god, there was her name right there And I just, I don't look and really pay that much attention Because yeah. I don't really want to think about it In case You know, um, so it was a nice surprise for me Not knowing that she was in Um the, the, the series are in this episode. Um, so it was a really nice surprise for me because I was like, oh my God, are you freaking kidding me? It's it's um, Kimberly Shaw's like I could think. Because I sort I mean, Desperate Housewives was amazing and she was so great in that, but like Melrose Place was absolutely iconic and her character was iconic. So that's kind of where my <laughs> brain went. I was like, oh my God, she's such a queen um, and absolutely brilliant. And so, so uber talented as an actress. So super exciting for me uh to see see her in it. I hope I hope we see more of her because like I said if you if you know her characters or at least her character from Melrose Place and then to see her in a series like you mm-hmm. I mean it's freaking ironic. Um <laughs> you should if you don't want to watch it, you should like go watch like a recap thing or something and just get familiar uh-huh. with the show and her character cause, and then you'll see Might why it's that. like yeah. it's absolutely perfect that she's in um a show like you. So yeah. anyway, that's my that's... number one short little point. But just um, for me, perfection. Um, how about notes?
3: Yeah, I've got a, a handful of notes. I always do. I have a lot of extra. Yeah. Notes on these. <laughs> um. Uh. Again, love having that little moment where I guess she like missed her period and then was worried about being pregnant. Uh, and then that it might be Theo's, even though she's like it's totally not. Been, I, w- I don't think so. Maybe not. I hope not. Oh god. Mm-hmm. You know, she kind of has this little down it's like, cause I still still don't know if Henry is Joe's. So how many babies is she having that's not Joe's? Um we don't know. Uh <laughs> but uh man. I mean, we talked about yeah, getting her in her monologue and yeah, heading off to the womb summit. Uh which I mentioned off the top of the episode. Yeah, women optimizing motherhood and business. Uh, and it doesn't take very long into that for her to be 100% all over all of her mom's shit. Oh, um, yeah. Literally one minute into their conversation, she's been told she looks exhausted, that she's pale, asked if she's pregnant, and then judged about who the father could be. What an <sighs> awesome weekend this mother is mother is
2: terrible. I mean, Just... Dottie is so freaking terrible. I mean, she was truthful in some of the stuff yeah. she was talking to, to love about when she gave her, her shit right back to her, but she is a ter- yeah. like just a terrible person. I'm like, wow. <laughs>
3: yeah. You're well, an asshole. <laughs> so I was like, what? She's giving good advice and is actually spot on when it comes to what she's talking about <laughs> with, yeah. you know? but, but then still she's, she's awful. Yeah. Which love, love does <laughs> have some major issues with and She reacts really poorly to viewing her own faults. When anybody points them out, you know, uh, the, the author, when she calls her out on the book stuff, you know, does you know, ask some questions which are a little inappropriate but on point as far as love sees that you know because she is self-sabotaging and you know this privileged lady with just believe in yourself bullshit mindset does at least have a point mm-hmm. there uh which t- to clarify what i mean by this <laughs> believe in yourself bullshit uh yeah I, mean, I was like how many of my notes do i have to go where i have to be like oh man i'm gonna talk about all this realism and stuff but that was, <laughs> That's where I go. Other people have different opinions on things, but yes. I was like, you know, self confidence and assured, you know, you know, assuredness. It's it's super helpful and it's a great quality. But I don't like the whole book, The Secret, and all that. I'm like, mm, no, I don't buy into any of it. I don't think there's no secret or direct answer to anything. Uh, you just kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> wing wing stuff. You know, self assuredness and self confidence is great, but not going to guarantee you anything uh and this lady kind of does seem to be and then love points that out it's like sounds like some privilege to me you know yeah, uh <laughs> exactly but but she definitely reacts poorly to it because the self-sabotaging and stuff the lady jabbed her back with some truth uh she did read into her enough for that and then she's you know lo- uh, her her mom and sherry come back out she decides to play along with their little ego fest at first, but then Dottie crosses a line again. Mentions her maybe being pregnant in this like little video, and she's like, Nope, that's the last straw. I can't." You're just digging at me. I loved her, like you know, Sherry. You should go somewhere. She's like, "Well, yeah." She starts. She's like, "No, seriously, get the fuck out." I love. She's like, "Okay." She goes, "Thanks." Yeah. <laughs> it's it's serious. She lays into Dottie for a little bit about that. He's like, "You can't talk to me like that." She's like, "Well, somebody has to." I'm like. Damn! Yeah, she, get it. She's uh,
2: kind of right. Even Sherry being just absolutely terrible and still can't stand her, but even she was kind of like, you know, making sense,
3: <laughs> you know, for for yeah. for a minute. Oh, yeah, uh, I, mean, I have that too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, when she's laying into Dottie, and then Dottie gives it right back mm-hmm. to her in double because she knows right where to hit her, and. Yeah, it's like, what's well, it's not, you know, maybe I did spoil you, but it's, you know, not my fault. You're cheating on your husband with the neighbor's kid. You know, you're self sabotaging and all that stuff is true. It's and true. yeah, it, it hits her pretty hard. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, even Sherry's making some sense because I said, what the hell? I can I can take Dottie, but how dare you make Sherry spit some straight up, yeah. cheap facts and good advice? You, how dare you make it? You might, you might end me, up liking
2: it? her, Paik.
3: I know, because that's, that's another one of my, uh, You know, mindset things, you know, positive thinking attitude, things that people like that uh, I was like, God damn it, I have to agree with Sherry here. Uh, The whole idea of soulmates is pretty much just some weird construct that people have made up. Uh, I don't believe in soulmates either. Uh, I believe relationships grow and change as people do. And it's really up to you to create your own happiness with whoever you can the best. There's no magical trick or formula or pairing. It's all about the work that you put into it. And you have to also accept that you aren't fully in control of it all and you never will be. And that's my thoughts for this week. Reality check with Paik. No, don't give me a segment where I'm supposed to be taken seriously. It's a bad (laughs) idea. Uh, (laughs) This is your TED (laughs) talk for the week. (laughs) But these are my moments where I'm like, why has it got to be Dottie and Sherry that are giving the actual realism? I know. Spitting the true facts about the, like, everything's not rainbows and unicorns and, you know, Mm -hmm. soulmates and... Positive thinking, power, positive thinking. Those stuff mm, don't really exist, you know. Like, why, why do you got to give these people the the good monologues like that? Because just the people I can't stand, and they're correct. <laughs> I know. We might
2: like them by the end of the season,
1: <laughs> uh,
2: right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, they're not going to forty me with Sherry. I don't think it's going to happen.
2: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'd be surprised if Sherry makes it out alive by the end of the season.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I think that is all the notes that I had.
2: Cool. Um, I think the only uh, few that I had that we haven't already talked about, there was the scene uh, of Joe, and I, I mentioned it earlier of him under Marianne's bed as she, he, he has to hide because she comes home unexpectedly, a little earlier than I guess what she normally does. So he scurries under the bed. Um, and I was just like, Joe. Because she starts undressing. She takes off her underwear and she's changing. And she, of course, assumes she's home alone, right? She's in her own space. Joe, under the bed. Okay, now you're just playing with me. I'm like...
3: No, she doesn't know you're there. You weirdo. Freak,
2: weirdo, perv no oh mm. my gosh just all the things um so yeah just another one of joe's moments I'm like dude she doesn't mm. even know you are there she's not playing with you um right. but just uh, the inner workings of joe's mind right there you know
3: i know it's like that that meme with the butterfly yeah you've know? you seen that like anime <laughs> yes. I think? that becomes that with this show where it's like that'll be 478 is this flirting? <laughs> like, <you
2: know. laughs> oh God. Yes. That's Joe in a nutshell. Um,
3: I said, excuse me. And she looked at me. She's definitely into, she's me, into definitely me. Flirting
2: into me once me once <laughs> me. Ah. Yeah. Um, and, and what my other note that I had, and I think that now this is um, maybe I should have had this note in my, Uh, number five point whenever I was talking a little bit or was it number five but whenever I was talking about um, no it wasn't number five anyway sorry kind of going off the subject but whenever I was talking a little bit about oh when I was adding to your um, point about the nurse and Joe and her Uh interactions with Joe and there were a few moments that I felt were a little creepy and again I feel like maybe I know why or why I'm getting that vibe but also Um, and why I put it in my notes and didn't mention it there, and maybe it's because I didn't see it. Um, In the flashback, Joe was reading The Perks of Being a Wallflower um, when he was Mm -hmm. in the nurse's office. Um, And, of course, you know, to avoid bullies and, you know, to, I think, that, um, you know, just to spend time with her. But in that book, and if you haven't read the book, I haven't read the book, but I read, because I was curious what the book was about, um, it's about an older woman that grooms the boy in the book with like ill intent, and I think ends up doing mm-hmm. something to this boy. Um, uh-huh. and so and so just him reading that book and being in that situation, and it just made a, I don't know, icky. How,
3: how weird would it be if she would have been the one to give him that book? Yeah,
2: So, so no, uh, Yeah, and I don't know if she <laughs> I did. I don't know if she did. But, but <laughs> just the, the fact that he's reading that book about an older woman grooming a young boy. Um, and
3: Yeah. Again, then that could just be planning his own thoughts in his head that she's completely apart from. Has no idea. Maybe. You
2: know? Maybe. So. Maybe that's, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. So just ca- calling that out um, is just... Being like, ooh, I don't know, just icky and weird. Um, well, that's all the notes uh, that I have that we, we've we already talked about all my other ones. So I think that was a pretty good wrap up of these two um, episodes. Yeah, I
3: feel like this is the longest we've gone on this show. Yeah. So. Well, we have They're giving us more meat. We're, Enjoy we're enjoying meat. the meat.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, well, let's see what our listeners had to think or, you know, had to say about this, this, um, week's episode. Um, I'm always curious to see what our listeners have to say. I think our listeners always have great insights. So why don't you take that first one?
3: All right. So yeah, like you said, like, uh, like you said, it's from last week.
2: Oh, yeah. These are comments on um, comments on last week's episodes. Uh, We uh, had changed up our recording schedules a little bit. I think there was some confusion with folks and I apologize. I'll try and post from now on the the days that we're going to record to help. Hopefully, you know when to have your feedback in on time. So I apologize that these were missed last week. But I always say if you write in, we'll include them. Um, and that's what, what we're doing. So these um, first two comments are from last week's um, two episodes that we yeah. covered.
3: Remember, you mentioned that to me earlier. I was like, did we talk about that on recording or not? I don't know. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, this first one comes from Alma Contreras says, I didn't get a chance to watch in time to comment. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> anywho, I wanted to mention a movie I just watched on Netflix called Wind River. While you guys were talking about missing white woman syndrome, missing white woman syndrome. This flick totally came to mind. I thought I might jump on here and recommend it. Hmm. All in all, Joe and Love's antics perplex me how they don't get caught. LOL. we just got to keep watching to see how they keep themselves out of trouble. Keep up the good work covering this crazy show. By the way, is it crazy that this show makes me laugh so much? Could I have psycho tendencies?
2: <laughs> mm, if you do, then we do too.
3: Then, then welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> welcome.
2: Welcome to the uh, uh, Psycho Joe show. Because, yeah, um, I love laughing at all the crazy antics. And uh, this week's episodes, we see that Joe and Love can't quite keep themselves out of trouble. No. So, thanks for the recommendation. Recommendation. I've never heard of Wind River, um, but I'm intrigued. So, thanks for the recommendation.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, Doug Fix says, and again, this is on last week's episodes. Um, he says uh, this show is fun for fun's sake. The reporter at the onset is from KMLC, so they have their own TV station in the little town. LOL. Now, Natalie has been missing for three days, and Love already has the bakery open with a marquee, equipment, knickknacks, up and running. Apparently, no permits or inspections needed. (laughs) A great line by Love referring to Sherry, a stealth see you next Tuesday. Very funny. Joe's talk with Henry that he can be Joe's salvation was quite touching. Love is unhinged two, four, seven. Uh, Joe's fever dream was quite clever, turning from a Dexter-like alter conscience to a flashback. It is official, love is a MILF, though it should stand for murdering innocent lives for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, However, they literally beat us, Gil, over the head with their stance on vaccination. Wow. That could veil, uh, not be any thinner. And the room now has its first lodger. Absurdly funny, Christ Conference in Vegas, what possibly could go wrong? Poor gill though fucked up on how he died the murder weapon love plants in the woods is not the weapon used to kill natalie as that was an axe that was a hatchet she buried who is in charge of continuity <laughs> see me in my office after work and a note to take. when you see joe planting the evidence to pin gill he is wearing his black cap that means he's invisible yes yeah, no course. one can see him <laughs> no one can see him but us so far <laughs> joe is love's fixer like the ray donovan of madre linda uh carry on guys look forward to listening. Nice. <laughs> oh, good Ray Donovan reference. I missed yeah. that that show. I, that's good.
3: That's a show I need to go back and like binge. I watched the first season and stopped after that. Mm-hmm. I I honestly didn't past... even know it was still running until like like a year. ago. There's a movie ago. now, and then I was like, oh, there's still new seasons. Like I didn't know they. So I, apparently, it got really good, and I need to go back and binge through all of it. There's um, a movie now. Yeah,
2: I saw that. Like they, I guess like... that's like supposed to be like their final. I guess I'm not entirely clear because again, mm-hmm. I. Uh, watched the first season which was amazing and yeah. i think that i just didn't see the rest of it because i didn't have showtime anymore
1: mm-hmm.
2: i had it for a little while and um after dexter proper was over i didn't keep showtime and i think i just didn't get a chance to watch it but it was amazing uh right on a great series anyway i digress um thank you guys for those <laughs> comments from last week sorry that we missed them last week i will try to keep um everyone aware of our recording schedule um yeah. so on to um, comments for uh this week's two episodes
3: yeah and the first this week comes from don elizabeth it says i'm finding it challenging to comment on two episodes at a time so please bear with me as i feel that i rambled in my comments last week Sherlock's joe is up to his old tricks spying on Marianne, hiding under her bed etc but he also seems to be figuring out where his problem came from Does this this mean he will overcome his inclinations? I'm enjoying listening to Love's inner monologue. I was just about to Google 40 to remind myself what he looked like and then he appeared in the tub with her. Back (laughs) in the womb, I thought she was crazy to keep texting his phone. I was sure Joe would find all of her confessions there. Can you recover deleted contacts? The guys in the woods part was very strange. Sherry and Love's mom made my skin crawl worse than Joe and Love do. What does that say about me? I think Theo is cute, but I'm with you, Rima. I don't know if I trust him. One thing for sure, both he and Marianne could be on the chopping block if things continue the way they are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Don't look at. I think if uh Marianne and Theo knew about the other's spouse and what they were really like, they would not be so into right. Yeah. Let's <laughs> Oh, your wife's going to like hit me in the head with an axe? Oh, Never mind. You 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 go do your thing, and I'll just stay on. I'll stay in my lane. Um, I don't know.
3: Yeah, yeah. Not worth it.
2: <laughs> not worth it. I mean, not that that should be what deters you from messing with. Right. Maybe just do married, married people Maybe anyway. Just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, let me just preface that, that that shouldn't be, you know, what keeps you
1: straight
2: and <laughs> <in> line.
3: <laughs> but, you know, if it helps. Well, they won't kill me, so it's fine. <laughs> right.
2: Oh, okay. So you don't have a murderous spouse? Well, then it's totally okay that we do this. <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to snort. Sorry. <laughs> um Okay, next one we have is from Doug Fick. So he says, well, first off, we need to address the elephant in the room. What the heck was that scene in the woods around the fire? I frankly cannot recall anything that occurred before or after watching that. Uh, My mind was washed blank with testosterone. I don't think there's been a more homoerotic scene in movies or TV since uh, the volleyball scene in Top Gun. Hey, that was a good scene. Uh, I like that volleyball thing. Um, Ever get embarrassed for the people on TV? He actually said, I'm going to get you dirty tonight. I needed a shower after that. (laughs) All kidding aside, that was a a spectacle, but it does make sense in the fact that that the flashback explains joe's issues around other men and bullying when joe says he feels like me again i knew he was going all out for marianne and he is just tolerating love at this point nice cameo with marcia cross shout out to the desperate housewives wisteria lane in the house could you even make a show with that title these days um i like to think that we could um anyway not crazy about love's storyline and her dalliance with theo But her talking to Forty via text was touching and heartbreaking, and finally letting him go was sad. You just knew Joe and Marion were going to mac when the sprinkler went off. If there is water coming down on you, you have to make out with whomever you're with. Those are just the rules. Uh, Been a few episodes since a murder or abduction. Body count a little lower than expected at this point. I think things are going to ramp up soon. I think you're right, Doug. That's
3: probably a safe bet.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's been a while since... um, We've had a dead body to worry about, so.
3: Awesome I'm gonna, feedback I'm going to bet so we'll far. definitely talk about one next week. I don't know. I haven't seen the episodes yet, but, yeah, it's been long enough. I'm like, mm, I think we're going to have to.
2: I think, and I don't even know who at this point it would be. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I feel like we're going to have a death probably in the next two. Because then we need some time to kind of cover it up again
1: mm-hmm.
2: or and deal with it. Unless they save it for the end, I don't know. But someone right. else is, someone's definitely gonna die before the end with a crossbow. <clears throat> <laughs> we <laughs> call it <laughs> an it's, Yeah, absolutely. Check off uh, crossbow. Uh, we did get an email um, as well. So let's see what they had to say. Hi, Reem and Pake. I'm enjoying your thoughts on this wacky series very much. Man, there is so much going on in these two episodes that you could write a paper on it. Obsession is a major theme. We get to see the bullying, trauma, and abuse that scarred Joe and lead to his obsession. We see that Joe uses his obsession to overcome his sense of inadequacy, powerlessness, and vulnerability. He also uses it as a barrier against experiencing real love so that he will not be open to pain again. We see what led to Love's obsession, a manipulative, narcissistic mother who is focused on social presentation. Her children's feelings were never real to her. Love's problems are summarized nicely by the author who tells her, is it possible that you feel guilty for everything you have and you sabotage yourself? Although in Love's eyes, the author is a fraud and Love throws out her book, the author pinpointed the center of Love's dilemma. We continually see people who offer Love genuine advice as shallow and silly through Love's eyes. Sherry gives her excellent advice on how soulmates are crap and Love is a choice and a commitment. But Love is immune to hearing what she really needs to help her. She even hallucinates Forty to confirm the depths of her tragedy and the rightness of her anger and suffering. It's really a shame these two decided to ditch counseling. We also see the betting of Theo's obsession. He is so obsessed with Love that he is flunking out of college. Theo can't see his fixation on a slightly older, attractive woman is likely linked to the loss of a stepmother, who he probably had complicated feelings about. Instead, he goes on full destruct mode, drunk, crashing a scooter, having sex with a married woman whose husband has anger issues, to say the least, and pulling a John Hughes outside Love's house to invite speculation and talk by the neighbors. Theo is using obsession to avoid grief and pain. Matthew is in full obsession mode. His lawyer tells him, oh, is it his lawyer? Is Marcia Cross I, his lawyer?
3: I read it, or read it, watched it, <laughs> read into it. And I was watching it as, like you said, like business partner. Mm, because she was okay. saying something about protecting this business. and I mean, it could go either oh, okay. way, but that's, I, I, I maybe it that way. Okay. But they never really did specify you didn't really
1: so,
2: clarify who she was yeah. or what role that she has in matthew's life as far as because i almost thought like she was family but then it was all mm-hmm. business talk it seems so anyway um that was interesting i hadn't thought of that I'll, she continues um she says matthew is in full obsession mode his lawyer tells him his obsession may lead to the extinction of his company and the loss of hundreds of jobs yet matthew's obsession is acting as a shield against him experiencing the full brunt of his loss While it might bring some closure to find his wife's killer, it won't change anything. She is still gone, and he will still have to grieve her. Postponing that isn't going to help him. Although all these characters use obsession to achieve different emotional needs, we see that uh, any use of obsession to avoid feelings leads us to the destruction of the obsessed and everyone around them. Some other thoughts. Carrie's homoerotic Boy Scout troop party is painfully hilarious, but as wacko as Carrie is, he too has some legitimate advice to offer about facing your fears. Uh, Joe has never had a friend before. Joe has a uh, Patrick Bateman vibe, LOL. <laughs> Theo reminds 40 of a younger him, uh-oh. The worst crime people in this town commit is tacky athleisure wear. Um, anyway, looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Cheers, Gail. Gail, that's some pretty damn insightful uh, views. I'm curious, are you um, a psychologist, a counselor, or a psych student or something? Some sort of background in psychology? Because that was a pretty cool analysis, I think. Absolutely. (laughs) Very insightful, and I appreciated that very much. Thank you for writing in thank you for everyone for contributing your feedback. Love hearing what you guys have to say about this crazy show. Um I was just telling Paik, uh before we started recording that, you know, it's it's fun to try and figure out what's going to happen. I feel like I can't pinpoint what's going to happen or where this series will end up, but I feel like if you just choose the craziest option, it's mm-hmm. probably right.
3: you got a good chance.
2: <laughs> got a good chance. Yeah. Th- okay, so thanks everyone for writing in. Um, next week we'll be covering um, episodes seven and eight. Um of you season three titled We're All Mad Here and Swing and A Miss.
1: Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Can't wait. Curious. Can't wait.
2: Curious to see where that's gonna lead us. Um well we are excited for you to follow us into the murder basement, but until then you can follow us on Twitter at Strange T cast.
3: You can like us on Facebook at <laughs> Facebook.com slash stranger Hmm. <laughs> You
2: can email us at StrangerThingscastpod at gmail.com and you can also find us on the T V Time app.
3: And hello you. You can find us on Strange you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out leave and uh, leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Also, podcastica.com is getting a cool little reboot not reboot, but a revamp, and it's looking really cool. Revamp. Jason's yeah. putting some stuff into it and redoing some stuff or kind of changing the way some of the podcasts kind of reorging
2: a little bit yeah it's looking really
3: cool so far i think he's still working on the links for some of the like uh about and
2: uh, yes the subscribe i think subscribe stuff but uh but
3: it's looking pretty cool i like it
2: (laughs) definitely if you haven't looked at it lately uh definitely go check out yeah, like Peg said, podcastica.com. The website's looking really great. And there's a little bit of reorging of the uh, various podcasts that are on Podcastica. Um, and I think it's going to be great fun. I'm excited to be a part of it uh, for sure. And uh, it's fun. and it looks really great. So, yeah, check that out. Um, and, and Peg, you mentioned, like, leaving a review. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to say, I don't know. We've had, I think, some really nice reviews yeah. um, lately. And I don't know. You know, you don't always see the names um, of people. And sometimes they're just like, uh, like a username or something. And sometimes they're fairly anonymous and you don't really know who those folks are. I don't know that everyone listens to every show when they leave us reviews. But if you've left us a really nice review... Just thank you there's been some really nice things that have been yeah. said i um you know you can go out and read our reviews i'm not really a fan of reading our reviews on the podcast i feel it's a little too self-serving and you know um that's not you know i'm 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 happy to read that stuff and love that people dig us and say the nice things but i don't feel we need to read them they're there if you guys want to read them but um there were some really nice things that were said so thank you very much for all of the nice things when you leave those nice reviews um so it keeps us feeling
3: really good in doing this is when we get a review like (laughs) like the one we got recently that was just yeah yeah it's a lot was like oh this is actually like really very moving yeah it, it moved me It was like somebody had something really nice to say about how the the podcast was was for them and i'm like well i'm glad that we're doing that for other people just us talking about some show and that's awesome so
1: it
2: is it is because you know um and to know that you know we're we're like we're touching someone out there in some way and that in turn touches me when you tell me that um that means a lot to me uh and i know to you too it it means Mm. a lot to us so thank you if you've left if you're hearing us and and you're one of um those that's left you know some really great reviews and said some really amazing things. Thank you. Um I hear you, we hear you. Um and we appreciate it. Thank you. So I wanna, you know, just say that. Um and because you know we were talking about um all the great podcasts on Podcastica um and checking out that website. You want to be sure to check out Paik and Daphne and their um, podcast, Run for Your Lives. Do you have a sneak peek for us this week,
3: Paik? Yeah, this week will be a fun one. We have special guest Des on there with us this Yay, week. Yay, Des! Uh, he's great. Great to talk to. And uh, yeah. we went back and revisited, I want to say 2006. Yes, that sounds right. Um, but it is the du- directorial debut for one James Gunn. It's the first movie he directed, and oh boy. it's cult classic. It's full of the James Gunn craziness, and that is Slither. Ooh. If you seen that one? So
2: I know he's a fan of that one.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's excellent, it's crazy. Michael Rooker being very Michael Rooker. It's it's great. So yes, yeah, so we had a, a blast recording that one. There's still some time. If you're listening to this like, as soon as it's released here, then you may have another day or two to, to find us over on Run for Your Lives and leave some feedback if you've seen it. Ooh, do yeah, that. Excellent. It out on Friday. So, yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. So, definitely check that out if you're a fan of Slither, James Gunn, or just great creature movies.
2: <laughs> Heck yeah. Love James Gunn. Yes, Excellent. It
3: has been amazing. <laughs>
2: I I have to check that out. I haven't been able to yet, (laughs) but i got to check it out. I've heard a lot of hype in the group Mm -hmm. about it. So, yeah, I'm behind on so many things, but
3: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone.
2: Until next time, I'm Rima. I'm Bake. And
1: Christopher Parent is Strange Indeed.